0: Ladies and gentlemen, I am back still sick as a dog, but I derive more suffering from not doing the show than anything else. So here we are. I do apologize for the strange sound of my voice and any breathing issues I have as we go along, but good to be back. Donald Trump spoke last night in Hylia, Florida, while the third Republican presidential primary debate was taking place in Miami, Florida. And this is something Donald Trump has been doing each time there is a Republican debate, skipping it, but holding some sort of competing event because that's how petty he is. Now, in this segment, we'll look at some moments from the debate and kind of connect the two topics, but I want to start with Trump's doozy of a speech. The first moment is priceless. Right after alluding to Joe Biden being incompetent, Trump confuses North Korea with China. And this comes, I'll remind you, as he has repeatedly struggled with other geographical issues saying that Hungary borders with Russia, which it doesn't, repeatedly. Here's this from last night's speech.
1: World War Three. this is the closest and I hope that one's wrong and that's not a prediction because I would never make that prediction. It's too horrible a thing to say, but we have never been closer to World War Three, and only for one reason, We have incompetent people talking on our behalf. You know, when you deal with China, President Xi, and North Korea, Kim Jong-un, and Russia, Putin, you deal with all these people. The press hates when I say they're smart. He said they were smart. Well, what am I supposed to say? They're stupid people. Kim Jong-un leads 1.4 billion people. And there's no doubt about who the boss is. And they want me to say he's not an intelligent man. They get very personal when I say that because they're fake news, that's why they do that. They're fake, they're fake people and they're hurting our country very badly.
0: Now it was a particularly sweaty night for Donald Trump as you could see there, but that's not relevant. So he said that Kim Jong-un rules over 1.4 billion people which is 58 times the population of North Korea. The speculation is, of course, that he was meaning to say Xi Jinping, the other person that he can't get over how smart he is, uh, the president of China and the population of China is 1.4 billion people. So okay, one mistake. What's the big deal? Well, I'll remind you that in recent weeks, he's confused which city he was in during a speech repeatedly mixed up Obama and Biden, and he mixed up Obama and Hillary Clinton, and he mixed up Hungary with Turkey, and he said Hungary borders with Russia, which it doesn't, and he said Biden will lead us into World War II, which has already happened, and on and on it goes. Here's a video we looked at previously recapping some of his recent moments.
1: So we have the worst education almost in the large world, the the world that people know about leading political opponent leading by a lot including obama it was, i'll tell you what Terrorists. terror uh, what what you're doing the terrorism victor orban did ever, anyone ever hear of him he uh, he's the leader of right he's the leader of turkey and just in conclusion uh sioux falls thank you very much sioux falls oh, So Sioux City, Hezbollah and Thomas, communists and Marxists. you know, you have voter ID to buy a loaf of bread. We're drowning in this water yesterday. Got, we're going to turn Christmas or I mean, remember the department stores weren't, re, they refused to use the word Christmas. Obama wants to, he doesn't want to talk about it. Well, you mean President
0: Biden. So, uh, so you get the point. Maybe Trump isn't the best person to criticize Biden. Over his gaffes Now there is just one other moment from Trump's speech last night that I want to look at Before discussing how this connects to Last night's debate Here's Trump perpetuating the dumbest Talking point in American history
1: But every time I'm Indicted I consider it A great badge of honor Because I'm being indicted for you Thanks a lot everybody I appreciate it
2: Thank
1: you I'm being indicted for you And never forget our enemies want to take away my freedom because I will never, ever, ever let them take away your freedom. I won't let it happen. They want to silence me because I will never let them silence you. I will never let them do it. And in the end, they're not after me. They're after you. I just happen to be standing in their way. And that's true. That's true.
0: Can someone please explain to me how on earth that makes any sense? Trump's being prosecuted for trying to overthrow American democracy and install himself president. And that's because his followers would be getting prosecuted if it wasn't him. it doesn't make any sense. And what drives me nuts is I've talked to so many Trump supporters about the subject and these vague talking points work. I'll press them on what I've said so many times on this show, which is the specifics of the indictment. And often they aren't even aware of what the allegations against Trump are specifically. There was a moment in one of my MOCAs with MAGA conversations, and this actually happened repeatedly since at this point where I brought up the fake elector scheme and people have no idea what I'm referring to. How on earth could you know for sure that Trump is being wrongfully prosecuted if you don't even know what he's being prosecuted for? And so when I say that defenders of Trump avoid diving into the details of the charges against him. It's because it works on their audiences instead of diving into those specifics. And that gets kind of tough to defend Trump with. instead, they can just float these vague statements about Biden going after Trump and Trump's protecting your freedom by stealing a bunch of government documents or something, or even these big whataboutisms. Oh, what about Biden? And he did this thing in Hunter Biden's laptop. You should be able to explain it by itself why Trump did nothing worthy of prosecution without bringing up separate cases, then we can separately have conversations about your allegations against Biden, for example, which I've gone through a gazillion times on the show. Now, while Trump was speaking in Hylia, Florida, as I said, the Republican presidential primary debate was going on. And because by the time this video comes out, you either have watched the debate or watched recaps of it, I'll just pluck out a few highlights or lowlights more accurately said, starting with a theme that directly connects to Donald Trump, and that is especially after Tuesday night's election results, Republicans are realizing they just can't stop losing.
3: He owes it to you to be on this stage and explain why he should get another chance. He should explain why he didn't have Mexico pay for the border wall. He should explain why he racked up so much debt. He should explain why he didn't drain the swamp. And he said Republicans were going to get tired of winning. Well, we saw last night. I'm sick of Republicans losing. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth.
0: And it's just true. Now, different candidates on that stage will have different reasons they'll say their losing record should be attributed to. Vivek, for example, won't blame Trump, but this is Chris Christie's prescription.
4: Cameron was also notably endorsed by Trump. He was embraced by him and embraced Trump himself. Was that a mistake on his part? Daniel Cameron was a rising star in the Republican Party until he decided to throw his lot in with Donald Trump. I mean, let's face it, Donald Trump is political and electoral poison down ballot.
0: Now, Donald Trump is obviously a huge part of it. We'll talk in a later segment today about how abortion rights is also leading to huge Democratic victories and was massive in Tuesday night's election results. But when you zoom out, Trump does hover over the exact timeline where Republicans have repeatedly struggled ever since he won in 2016. It's really been a whole lot of losing since, or underperforming, at least, expectations, especially with Trump-aligned candidates. And I think it's because America, broadly, is sick of Trumpism and MAGA. So as long as the Republican Party continues to embrace that MAGA ideology, the losing streak will continue, hopefully. The problem, though, is it's the Republican primary voters who just don't care. They'll keep losing and keep choosing Trump or his candidates. And that's what we keep observing. So until the voters in Republican primaries give up on MAGA, the GOP is going to continue to struggle. I mean, Trump has a gargantuan lead on everyone else in the primary polling. I'll put the visual up on screen, but it's a 40 something point lead over the second place person, DeSantis. That is barring something unheard of unbeatable lead in the polls. So Republican voters care more about Donald Trump than they do about winning. What else was notable about the Republican debate? Vivek Ramaswamy, as his campaign sort of loses steam, came out just trying to make noise and was rather deranged as we've become used to, here was him calling the Jewish president of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky a Nazi.
3: It has celebrated a Nazi in its ranks, the comedian in cargo pants, a man called Zelensky doing it in their own ranks. That is not democratic.
0: Absolutely insane. Then here was a back and forth. that was interesting between him and Nikki Haley where things get personal.
1: Mr. Ramaswamy, uh, we've talked about this. You campaign on TikTok. How do you get TikTok banned if you use it?
3: Well, I, I, I want to laugh at why Nikki Haley didn't answer your question, which is about looking at families in the eye. In the last debate, she made fun of me for actually joining TikTok while her own daughter was actually using the app for a long time. So you might want to take care of your family first. Leave my daughter out of your else. voice. The next generation of Americans are using it. And that's actually the point. You have her supporters propping her up. That's fine. Here's the truth. You're just The scum. easy answer is actually to-
0: You're just scum, she says. We'll leave it there on the Republican debate breakdown. I've done past deep dives and gone through a bunch of clips from these Republican debates and have received very little engagement and interest from the audience. So I assume that's because if you're interested, you either watched it last night or like I previously said, caught some other recap of it. But to sum it up, Trump is still going to win the primary, unfortunately. So all of this is really not serving a huge purpose. Well, we are back to the wonderful, the fantastic Jessica Tarlov. She's, of course, the liberal Fox host on Fox News' The Five, where she routinely humiliates her fellow co host. This one is really fantastic. We'll actually look at two moments from this episode of The Five. First, a back and forth between Jesse Waters and Jessica Tarlov. And then, possibly more interestingly, wacky Janine Pirro acknowledging why Republicans are so unpopular especially on the issue of abortion rights really interesting stuff first let's watch this then i'll break down the context
2: for you so uh, abortion and cash jessica is that the story of last night
3: and pot and pot yeah. abortion <laughs> so, cash, don't and pot. forget about our marijuana um no that's not the, the only story the main headline is democrats continue to overperform in the biden era it's just you can't dispute it it is blowing the polling out of the water. Um, Republicans haven't really had a good showing since Trump won in 2016. And they really, and I know that there are a lot of them, you know, deeply conservative people that are coming around to the idea that Donald Trump loses himself elections and he loses the people that he endorses. Well, they took the
5: House in 2000, right?
2: 2020. Yeah, 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 by three,
3: three seats. So remember your, no, it was 2022. That was, that was your red wave. Remember when you said, I'm getting a 40 seat wave, and then you got three seats and a George Santos? Oh, don't remind me. Okay.
0: <laughs> so much about that clip is uh, hilarious. To start, Jesse Waters' noticeable confusion is entertaining. First, referring to the 2022 midterms as the 2000 election, then correcting himself, but not correcting himself, and saying the 2020 election, obviously that's less important than the point he was trying to make. He was attempting to downplay how much Republicans have been losing ever since Trump got into politics by saying, well, didn't they win back the House in the 2022 midterms, which is when Jessica Tarlov rightfully throws in his face his own prediction before the 2022 midterms that Republicans would destroy Democrats and get a massive 30-40 seat majority. And of course, one guy's prediction isn't that significant. But the reason even Republicans consider the midterms a loss is because historically in a midterm election, whichever party won the White House two years before gets trounced. And the polls seem to indicate the Republicans would win by a much bigger, possibly huge margin and potentially win the Senate as well. But they, of course, lost the Senate and barely got a majority in the House of Representatives, which was embarrassing for them. And many of them acknowledge that. Everything was in their favor, the polls, inflation being blamed on Joe Biden, Biden's unpopularity, like I said, historical trends, but Democrats shocked the expectations and way overperformed. Luckily, the reason for that was in large part because of Trump-backed candidates face planting, as we've covered extensively, and abortion rights. And that's what we saw again in Tuesday night's elections in states like Virginia, Ohio, Kentucky, abortion rights and Democrats prevailed while Republicans and Trump-backed candidates lost. Before getting to Jeanine Pirro, realizing how unpopular her party is on abortion rights, we'll watch that clip in just a moment. But first, here is a bit of a really interesting segment a little while ago that MSNBC's Chris Hayes did about how Democrats have been overperforming the polls and all expectations time and time again in recent elections and how that could be a predictor for 2024,
3: 30 different special elections so far in 2023. These are all different districts, legislative state districts, all over the country. Again, in areas with different profiles demographically, different politics. When you look through this list, you see Democrats overperforming their baseline over and over and over again. In fact, that is the case in 24 out of these 30 races. Now, in some instances where you see these big Democratic swings, the Republican candidate still won the election, but they won by a lot less than you would expect. Look at one of the first special elections of the year. It's in Virginia's 24th House district. The Republican won resoundingly by 25 points, but that was a 14-point underperformance for the party. Or look at Pennsylvania's 35th House district. Democrat won by 49 points, overperforming for the district by 37 Even in Kentucky, the Democrats swung Senate District 19 29 points to the left. And we've seen it in Georgia and in Wisconsin, in New York, in Louisiana, in Maine and Tennessee. The combined average of all 30 of these races, again, a somewhat random sample of the country, shows Democrats overperforming the baseline margin by 11 points. This is a real phenomenon. It's really there. It's not polling. It's real. It represents what you might even cheekly call the silent majority folks showing up to register their preference in the only polls that really matter.
0: I mean, that's massive. And while yes, Biden's poll numbers are bad and there are lots of issues going into 2024. Increasingly, I'm pretty confident the Democrats will prevail, especially if Trump, which he's going to be, is the nominee on the other side. America is sick of MAGA extremism and sick of these insane stances on abortion coming from Republicans and these abortion bans. People are watching these sorts of policies be implemented across the country and are then doing in response what they can when they have the chance to, to stand up for their rights, as we saw again in Tuesday night's election results. Now, here was Jeanine Pirro during this same show acknowledging these facts.
2: Um, I look at it uh, a little simpler. It To me, it was about um, Ohio, Kentucky, Virginia, Pennsylvania, purple states, two red states, Democrats winning. And the issue of abortion is one that Republicans either have to get straight on or they're going to lose on it. And the way they lose, they can't ignore it. They can't make believe it's not there. So the question is, how do you handle it? Well, it's not really how the Republicans handle it, because right now they don't have 60 votes in the Senate. So stop trying to pass a federal legislation. It's not going to happen. You're creating unnecessary turmoil for Republican candidates down the down the ticket. The the, the truth is that when um, Bashir went out there, and he brought and i prosecuted those cases with the 12 year old girls and the 10 year old girls you know cameron who was a great ag supported not just by trump but supported by mcconnell he tried to change his you know go go a little more left it didn't matter women want freedom and what's going to happen is that dozens of states are literally going to put these abortion initiatives i don't care what you call it privacy I, i don't care They know what they're reading and they're going to win on that. Mm -hmm. And Republicans have to understand this is not an issue they win on. This happened in 2022. It's 2023 and 2024 is right around the corner. And so uh, all you have to do is throw out that word for Democrats. They want to defend it and it motivates them and it only helps the Democrats.
0: And she is exactly correct, which is not something I say in reference to Jeanine Pirro very often. I mean, Ohio, Ohio voted on Tuesday night to enshrine abortion rights into their constitution. A state that Donald Trump won in 2020. And on two fronts, it seems Republicans just are not learning their lesson, abortion and MAGA extremism. We've seen in a 2020, 2022, 2023, Trump-backed candidates get trounced time and time again as I said in a past segment, Republican primary voters just don't care. They prefer Trump over winning. They just can't let go of him. And at least up until this point, this one might change. But so far, they have refused to moderate their stance on abortion rights as well. And so like clockwork, they are losing when those issues are associated with elections. And they're going to be going forward. And it used to be in politics that repetitive losing would teach a political movement their lesson because... You can't do anything if you don't win. But this movement is strange, to say the least. So maybe they'll just keep losing and choosing Donald Trump and choosing extreme candidates on the issue of abortion. Now, Jeanine Pirro brought up Andy Bashir hitting Daniel Cameron on his extreme views on abortion rights in the gubernatorial campaign. Here is an ad that gives you a sense of why the citizens of Kentucky voted to reelect a Democratic governor. I was raped by my stepfather after years of sexual abuse. I was 12. Anyone who believes there should be no exceptions for rape and incest could never understand what it's like to stand in my shoes. This is to you, Daniel Cameron. To tell a 12 year old girl she must have the baby of her stepfather who raped her is unthinkable. I'm speaking out because women and girls need to have options. Daniel Cameron would give us none. For the sake of the rights and well-being of people in this country, I hope this trend continues and Republicans just keep losing. I came across a headline from the publication Mediite that honestly made me laugh out loud, lol. And it reads as follows. 1,100 days after Trump lost the 2020 election, he promises evidence he actually won is coming soon. Now there's actually a really important point I want to connect this to after going over this absurd clip from Trump, but we'll get to that in just a bit. Here's Trump on the Clay and Buck podcast saying, we'll be releasing the evidence I've been talking about that the 2020 election was stolen very, very soon. Not like today, we're not gonna release it right now, what the heck, but it's just around the corner, I promise. You're covering a lot of territory.
1: And I did a great job and we got votes like nobody's ever, no no sitting president has ever gotten anywhere near that number of votes. And I felt I could go home and I would watch a fair election. And I went home and it looked really good. And then around 10 o'clock in the evening, all of a sudden, I started finding lots of ballots and start, things started changing. And then at 3.02 uh, in the morning, things happened that were really, really bad. So, you know, we did great against him. And uh, I believe we won by a, a tremendous amount. And we have proof of it, and we're releasing the proof, and you'll see the proof, it'll come up a lot over the next period of a few months.
0: We'll be releasing the proof, he says, in a period of a few months for some reason. Why do his followers put up with this? I have no idea. And this reminds me of Mike Lindell, who for a couple of years, would every few months as we covered have a new date when the Supreme Court was going to rule the election void and the military was going to come bring Trump into the White House as the rightful president. And he would give specific dates too that his followers could hold him to. Time and time again, he did this. By Thanksgiving, Trump will be president. By February, Trump will be president. By May, Trump will be president. Two weeks, he's going to be president. And needless to say, none of those times came true. And the saddest part is when I'm at Trump rallies, I'll ask supporters about Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy, as we refer to him. Do you think Mike Lindell is trustworthy? I'll ask them. They'll say absolutely. Then I'll ask, didn't he promise like six months ago Trump would be put back into the White House? They'll say yes. So wasn't he wrong? They'll say yes. So shouldn't that make you question his reliability? They'll say no. Some of them say, well, that's an easy question, Luke, because Trump never stopped being president. He's in control of the military or something. So I guess that gets him out of it. But Here's an example of one of these back and forth with a Trump supporter I had a few months ago in South Carolina. I believe the military is in charge right now. Oh, this is what I've heard before. So if the military is in control, do you mean they're running everything Biden isn't? We know Biden's
5: not. Um, Biden's definitely not running anything. I believe uh, President Obama is actually calling shots right now. And everything that I've researched is pointing toward that. but. <laughs> who's who's going to sit back and watch all this happen? Our, Mike Lindell proved beyond a reasonable doubt that enough cheating went on in that election that it would have changed the outcome.
0: Obviously, many would say he didn't. But to move on from that, mm-hmm. speaking of Mike Lindell, um, he's predicted multiple times that by this date, Trump will take back over as president. The military will bring him in. Does it not make you go, oh, wait, maybe the claims he's been making about other things are also lies because... He, lied about this, or he at least falsely predicted something about this.
5: I don't believe Mike Lindell's got a bad bone in his body. He is a true Christian. Um, I ministered for years. Why I'm here, why I built this truck, God came to me. And I'll hold my belief where God tells me to hold it. And it's a little too complicated for most people to even figure out what would happen if they overturned or found out that that was a fraud.
0: I don't even know what to say to that. What's funny is even the way that Trump words that phrase in the clip that we watch is as if he's conceding the evidence hasn't been released yet. It sounds like he's conceding. He hasn't yet been able to prove what would justify his lies about the election. Like, let me give you an alternative example. If I were to say, listen, people understand that man-caused climate change is happening and the evidence is going to be released in a matter of months, that would sound strange to you or evolution is backed by the scientific evidence and that evidence is gonna be released very soon. (laughs) No one would say that because the evidence is already out there, it's already accessible, but Trump knows the evidence isn't actually out there when it comes to his claims about the election. So he has to pretend like he has it and it'll be released soon for some reason, not now, but soon. Now this assumes that we're supposed to find it logical that if he did have the evidence that the election was stolen, which of course he doesn't because it wasn't, but if he did, That's why he's been saying these things about the election for all of this time. He would wait three years to make all that information public. Why on earth would that make any sense? It wouldn't, but somehow his followers make sense of it. Now, I'll remind you of Trump's last promise on this front. Here's an article from Rolling Stone titled, Trump announces plans to finally go ahead and prove election was rigged. The former president says he will deliver a conclusive report next Monday that should get everyone to drop all the charges. And that was after his Fulton County indictment and was reporting on a true social post of Trump's. That article was published on August 15th, 2023. On August 17th, 2023, two days later, the same Rolling Stone reports, Trump says actually he's going to hold off on proving election was rigged. The former president canceled a press conference during which he promised to present irrefutable proof of election fraud. And indeed, Donald Trump had canceled what was supposed to be a bombshell press conference where he present all that evidence he's been talking about. So stunning that all prosecutions would be dropped against him. But he canceled it because just because I don't know. But instead of just believing, maybe every data point that exists isn't a part of a grand scheme to deceive them. MAGA would rather believe Trump is still the one guy telling the truth. Very, very strange. Now, I told you I was going to connect this to an important point, an important point other than the importance of calling out someone like Trump, who is constantly lying and degrading our democracy. And that is this. We've been talking about on today's show, Republicans on Tuesday night, adding another set of election results to the now pretty big stack of evidence that America is rejecting their extremism on abortion rights and as it relates to Trumpism. It seems pretty obvious why. Think about this juxtaposition. I just showed you a representation of the modern Republican Party, Trump discussing his legal troubles and telling damaging lies about our elections. He's the leader of that party. Here's one of the representatives of the Democratic Party who had a huge win in Kentucky on Tuesday night, being reelected as governor of his state. This is Andy Beshear. And tell me which message is more likely to win over America.
4: My folks, this wasn't my win. This was our victory. It was a victory that sends a loud, clear message. A message that candidates should run for something and not against someone. That a candidate should show vision and not sow division. And a clear statement that anger politics should end right here and right now. Just just look at what we were up against. Five super PACs. My opponent's super PAC. Mitch McConnell's super PAC. Rand Paul's super PAC. The Club for Growth. The Republican Governors Association. All running ads full of hate and division. And you know what? We beat them all at the same time.
0: I mean, that's a message that people can get behind. While Donald Trump, the face of the GOP, begs people to be outraged by him being held accountable for his potential violation of the law and continue screaming lies about the last presidential election, Democrats are actually putting forward a vision for the future with all their flaws that's actually being done, they're actually bringing forward policies that people care about and discussing issues that matter. Before we go, don't forget to become a member at Luke slash membership to get access to a daily bonus show and help to fund all the tea I've been drinking lately with this illness. Entire bonus show Monday through Friday is what you get access to with that membership. Plus, follow me on Threads at Luke Beasley Official, Instagram at Luke Beasley Official X at Luke P Beasley, and sign up for the Beasley Brief, a daily morning newsletter summarizing the previous day's events by going to lukebeasleyshow.com/brief. And I'll talk to you next time.